When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. We interrupt this program. We interrupt this program to bring you Vikings Bet Line, the one show where you get to react to how the purple played right away. Right away. Call in now with your thoughts on the game. 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Bet Line. Pass caught. Diggs. Big gain. Diggs to the outside. He goes. Taken down at the 26-yard line. Stephon Diggs. Quick flip out here to Dalvin Cook. He has some room. First down inside the 10. Touchdown. Good protection again. Elam, great move to pick up the first down. He left Alexander in his tracks. Faked him out. Picks up the first down with a minute 46. He's just clever. You know, Adam Thielen, he's not the greatest athlete in the world. He's just clever. He's so clever. Super Adam Thielen's clever. so clever. So much more clever than other wide receivers in the NFL, right? But that Kirk Cousins, now he <laughs> is an athlete, you know. Oh, man. Well, the Vikings win this game against the Green Bay Packers. I don't want to say as dramatically as keeping their season alive, but if the Vikings if the Vikings would have lost back-to-back division games, Manny Hill, I'm Phil Mackey, Lucky's 13, powering uh, Vikings Ventline, 651-646-8255. Pretty tough to justify being an NFC North contender, and also an NFC playoff contender if you didn't win this game tonight. 24-17 to the final. Kirk Cousins came into this one 4-12 and in primetime, Manny. He throws for 342 and three touchdowns, no interceptions. Aaron Rodgers was all over the place tonight. 17 of 28 only, 198, a touchdown and no picks. We'll get to Ben and Will, and uh, phone lines are filling up. Thank you for everyone watching us on the live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and also uh, Twitter slash Periscope. And for those of you listening on the online stream and uh, 1500 ESPN, we appreciate it. Again, the numbers are 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Your quick takeaways before we dive into the phone lines here, Manny. Uh, Yeah, I I thought Kirk Cousins played really well tonight. Um, There were a couple times where he maybe held on to the ball a little bit too long, and that might have just been you know the coverage being really good downfield. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he took care of the ball. He moved around a little bit in the pocket when, when he needed to, when, when there was a little bit of pressure. I thought the offensive line actually did a pretty good job protecting him. Obviously, they were not going up against, uh, the caliber of defense tonight that they did last week, uh, against the Chicago Bears. Um, and I thought Cousins did a pretty good job overall of, of taking advantage of, of a defense in Green Bay that's just not very good. Yeah, the uh, the Packers, I don't know how at this point you can justify 
I mean, the, the fact that you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, mm-hmm. and you're having trouble in recent years just staying in the playoff hunt, you should be winning Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers. So if you're a Vikings fan, yeah. it's a, it's kind of a double positive here in that your team stays in contention, and the team that has had a legendary quarterback for the last 25 or 30 years continues to have problems here. Let's start in Florida with our guy Ben. Ben in Florida, you're on Vikings vent line. Hey guys, um, just uh, two things. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is kind of like a streaky shooter in basketball. I mean, once once he gets going, I mean he gets going, and if he's not going, he's not going. So, but you know, kudos to John, kudos to the OC for hearing Mike Zimmer talk. And secondly, I just want to get your opinion on this section of the game in the third quarter. Mike McCarthy chooses to go for it on that fourth down and one. I personally would not have made that decision. I would have kicked the ball away. But I don't know. Maybe that's why the Packers are might get rid of him later on in the year. So, what is your thoughts on that fourth down and one? That looked like it, that looked like it really changed the game. Um, thanks for the call, Ben. Um, I didn't have a problem with them going for it. I just didn't like the call. I mean, you've got Aaron Rodgers. Why are you handing the ball off on fourth down? Like, I I think a lot. Some of these situations, you have to look at what you have, and I, I think sometimes we think, okay, well. Fourth and fourth and inches, then you should just run a quarterback sneak, or you should just you should always run the ball. I think you just have to look at what's what's your best chance of success. If it's fourth and inches, and you have Aaron Rodgers, your best bet is to let him make a play if you're going to go for it because he's your best player, right? Like that to me, it just seemed to make the most sense there. So I I didn't have a problem with them going for it. I just didn't think the the call itself with. When you got Linval Joseph and I don't know if it was Tom Johnson or Sheldon Richardson in there with it was him. Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon Richardson. I I don't know if I'm going to run it right up the middle with my running back on fourth and inches. Yeah, I did like on the flip side the Vikings' aggressiveness at the end there um, when when they had a chance to either kick a field goal, go up by 13, and again like I if it was a kicking a field goal to go up by 14, I know it sounds dumb. Well, it's two touchdowns either way. Well, not really. I have a thing about if you have a chance to win the game and put it away mm-hmm. or go up by a score that doesn't really protect you against the second touchdown, uh, I'm, I'm all for taking a calculated risk in that situation. Didn't work out for the Vikings, but um, but I did like that on their end here. 651-646-8255. Vikings vet line on 1500 ESPN. Will in St. Cloud. Go ahead, Will. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy about the win. I don't want to be negative, but... There's just a lot of mental errors being made by the Vikings, especially on offense. Uh, I know you talked about it, I think, during your halftime show, um, having 12 guys on the field, on um, the fourth and one. Um, there, there's some times when Cousins and the receivers were just clearly not on the same page. And, you know, you're able to beat a not very good Green Bay team with those mistakes. But, you know, looking ahead against the Patriots, if you make those mistakes, they're going to come back to bite you. I think they got to clean that up. And then also, Treadwell. Like, why is the dude in the NFL? Like, yeah, maybe he can block in the run game, but he's a wide receiver, and wide receivers are supposed to, you know, as, as their name indicates, receive the ball. You know, all, you know that, that's catching the football. The dude can't catch. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just, I, I do not understand. Like, it just, it, there's no way to wrap my head around why he's on the field. It, it makes no Frickin sense. Yeah, I do love Will. Thanks for the phone call. I do love the well, but I mean, he can block. Yeah, okay. Uh, 
So could who cares? So can a backup tight end? I mean, yeah. The prerequisite here is can you catch? And yeah. What's time the after time, the answer is no. Is the trade off worth it? That's what you have to ask yourself. I mean, I don't, I don't care if he can block. When you throw him the ball on a slant, on a simple, basic, fundamental slant route, it's literally a 50-50 chance if he's going to catch the football. Yeah, I mean, and I told, at that point, it's not it's not worth having him out there. I told you during halftime vent line, I'd rather have one-legged Chad Beebe hopping for an eight-yard route <laughs> and just turtling in the fetal position after catching the ball yeah. than Laquan Treadwell at this point. On the, um, on the point that Will made about some miscommunication in the passing game, I mean, I... Okay, I'm not going to sit here and nitpick the gap between an incredible passing attack tonight and perfection, whatever that looks like. It wasn't perfection because yeah. perfection would have been 38 for 38 for 500 yards and four or five touchdowns, I guess. Uh, if you, But I, I, the, I, the Patriots are coming up and the Seahawks still have a lot to play for. If you play this exact same game against the Patriots, I wouldn't be shocked if they win that game. I think if you take yeah. this exact game against that team, you probably win that game six or seven times out of ten. Now, I don't know if you can replicate this, if Kirk Cousins can go back-to-back weeks and and play like this. I mean, he's Kirk Cousins has actually outperformed Aaron Rodgers in the two games they've played against each other this year. Yeah, I thought the only real time in the game tonight where it seemed like Cousins and the receivers weren't quite connecting or weren't quite on the same page was the first drive. Where they had the the penalty, and then you know on the on the third down, I think it was like third and six or something, and Cousins I think was throwing to Diggs, and it was just off, and the it just it just seemed a little bit off, and I thought, okay, well, are we going to be in for one of those nights? Um, but I thought for the most part, the rest of the way, I thought Cousins was really good, and we know Thielen and Diggs are going to make plays, and. You know, they Phil, they ran the ball pretty well tonight. I mean, it, it wasn't a great yard per carry average, but they they stuck with the running game. They ran it 29 times tonight. And, um, you know, Cousins had some scrambles in there too. But, you know, it just it it just seemed a little bit better offensively tonight than what we've seen uh, in the last few weeks. Yeah, let's go back to the phone lines here. Not a ton to vent about, but that's okay. You can be positive on Vikings vent line. 651-646-8255. And you can also drop comments if you're watching us right now on YouTube or Periscope or Facebook. We appreciate that. And you can drop comments there, too. Let's go out to Phoenix, where Derek is on with Manny and Mackie. Hey, Derek. What's up, guys? What's going on, dude? Hey, let's stay positive with the run game. But you know what, Phil? I'm going to tell you straight up. All these run plays, 29 runs, this should have been the majority of Dalvin Cook. And sooner or later, they just got to stick with him and just let him get in the rhythm. You know, and he's the type of back that's going to get, like, you know, no game, negative two, but he's going to pop these runs. And you could even tell he he has the ability to make a couple guys miss and then get, get get yards after. It's like, just let the kid get in a rhythm. It's like they had training wheels on tonight. And sooner or later, dude, you want to you want to get to the playoffs? I mean, you got to put your best your best players out there. I mean, he's he's clearly one of your – two or three best offensive players. It's like, let the kid play, dude. Just let him get in a rhythm. It's it's kind of like a shooter in the NBA. It's like, you know, get him shots. You know, you can't just give him one shot and just pull him out of the game. I mean, I mean, you could just see it. I mean, it, it, you don't have to be a football expert to watch what's going on. When he gets in a rhythm, he gets he gets touches, things happen, and he's he, he makes this offense so much better. 
And it's just completely asinine to just take him out of the game when he's playing well. I mean, take the training roof off. There's no pacifier needed. Let Galvin Cook play. Yeah, I, I mean, want, that's the key. Yeah, Derek, thank you for the phone call. I, I do wonder, so Dalvin Cook had 10 carries. Latavius Murray had 11. They both went for about 30 yards. Mm-hmm. And then Delvin also had three catches that went for 47 yards and a touchdown. So I do wonder if they still have him on sort of a pitch count. Uh, I know they want to get Latavius Murray in, but Dalvin yeah. Cook is obviously better. And there's a couple runs where he had no business gaining yards, and he winds mm-hmm. up with seven or eight because he's just hard to tackle. Yeah, I would, I'd be curious to, because I'm just looking at the box score here, and they don't have the yards after contact uh, numbers for Dalvin Cook. And that, and I think sometimes people forget too, that counts even if you get hit behind the line of scrimmage and gain yards after getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. That counts for yards after contact. So you get too. credit for like, if you get hit five yards behind the line of scrimmage and you get, you get back credit to the line of scrimmage, five yards. that's five yards after contact. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I, I would like to see Dalvin Cook get more carries, but I think it's also it's 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 just hard to run on this with this offensive line. This this is just not a very good run blocking unit right now. I mean they they stuck with the run tonight, which I thought was pretty good. They ran the ball twenty nine times. I mean the cut you know Cousins had six six carries himself. So I mean you kind of you got to have to kind of ignore the total amount of carries, but they did stick with the running game tonight. It's just, it's hard. This line is just not very good. They just don't open up enough holes for these guys to be effective. And I think if you had, if you had a better line in front of Murray or Cook, I think they would both be productive because I think they're both pretty good. Cook is better, but I, I just think more than anything, they just have to find a way to get this line to, to start blocking better in the run game. It's also why I, and I was hard during halftime vet line, and I still stand by what I said about John Filippo's first. 10 minutes in this game where Mm -hmm. everything is discombobulated. They have a near disaster wide receiver screen. They have a fullback. They're handing the ball to CJ Ham in the first four plays. I mean, like, (laughs) don't overthink, but at the same time, and that's what Mike Zimmer told John DiFilippo through the media this week too, which is, okay, let's, let's not be so complicated here. Let's, let's simplify it. But when you don't have a great offensive line and you can't just move the other team out of the way, you have to get a little trickier if you want to open up things for, your skill position players. Yeah. Uh, six five. We have a, a at least one. We have two open phone lines right now. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Sam in DC. You're on Ventline, powered by Lucky's Thirteen. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, one thing I wanted to just mention because I, I didn't hear it, you know, up until this point, but I thought this was the best defensive game we've ever played against Rogers. Maybe going back to. His rookie, you know, his first year as a starter. I think if you look at his stats, most of his numbers came on that first. You could remember on that first, those first two touchdown drives, and then that garbage time. You know, when they got the field goal in the fourth quarter. So, I was really pleased with the defense. I feel like it's been really up and down. Last week was pretty abysmal, but this week has been pretty outstanding. Um, my other point would be just curious to get your thoughts about the run game. I felt like, you know, we're never going to be a run-first team like we were a year ago, two years ago, just because of what we've invested in Cousins, what we have with Thielen and Diggs. But if you can get to the fourth quarter and you can have those long drives with Murray knocking out, you know, four yards, six yards, two yards, and then to first down, if that's just good enough for us to get by and to 
pull-out game. So curious to get your thoughts on that. Thanks. I'm going to take that question from Sam Manny and make it even a bigger picture question. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think what he's getting at and what a couple other callers, Will, when he called earlier, is getting at is where do the Vikings sit in, in regards to the rest of the teams that they might have to deal with later in the season? And they've already had most of these tests, and they're going to get the Patriots here. They've had tests against the Rams, against the Bears, against the Saints. And even with a great effort tonight, this was about as well as we've seen the Vikings play for the most part of the season. You could maybe debate maybe the Philadelphia game, but um, even when they're playing at their best, I don't think they're in, not I don't think, I know they're not in the Saints class. I don't Mm -mm. think they're in the Rams class. Mm -mm. And I think there's a gap between the Saints and the Rams. So that's the one thing to, to be Buzz Killington here. Even at their best, I think they need a lucky punch to beat the Saints. Yeah. I think you, I mean, this This is kind of one of those things where you you need to, when you get to the playoffs, if you get to the playoffs, which they're in pretty good shape to do that, Mike Zimmer is going to have to game plan and scheme the playoff run of his career. I think if this team is going to go on a run to the Super Bowl, which I don't think is impossible, but they're going to need some things to go their way and they're going to need to put together the game plan, the run of game plans of a lifetime, <laughs> because I, I just I think this defense is good enough to win a championship with right now. But overall, and the, and the offense was was pretty solid tonight overall as a whole. But I just don't know if this quarterback and this offensive line combined with this running game is going to be enough to keep up with the Saints and the Rams because they're going to have to, even if Mike Zimmer puts together a great game plan in the playoffs, this offense is going to need to, to score some points. And they got 24 tonight and Cousins played well, but you're going they're going to need, it's going to take more than what they got tonight. I'm trying to figure out too if, oh man, I mean, Mike Zimmer against Philadelphia last year when all the chips were on the table mm-hmm. and this is your chance to shine and put a stamp on your career as a great defensive mind and you get beat by 30 points to Nick Foles. I'm actually a little, and I like Mike Zimmer as a coach and I don't think he should be anywhere near a hot seat regardless of what happens this year. I, I, I think he's done a great job with a lot of adverse things with quarterback Teddy Bridgewater going down and the Peterson thing from a few years ago, but you know, when it comes down to him scheming against a big-time team in the playoffs, right now his resume with the Vikings is not necessarily the greatest, although he would say, well, what about that Seattle game from a few years ago at TCF Bank Stadium mm-hmm. when Blair Walsh, if he just makes a 27-yarder, you'd say, well, we schemed the hell out of that game against Pete Carroll and company. Uh, our guy Bob in Pennsylvania. Hey, Bob. What's up, guys? What's going on with Mackie, you? Phil, will you permit me to play a little audio as I'm chiming in on the game tonight. Do you want us to play it for you, or do you have your no, own can audio? Can I play my end? I mean, fire away. This All is right. high production quality from Bob in Pennsylvania. This is from a band that most of the world knows called Rolling Stones. The song is called Winning Ugly. And we got a win tonight. It wasn't the most gracious win, but it was Winning Ugly. And my boys... And I got the job done. And the job was done 
In that second series, when we were down 7 nothing, we came out, finally DiFilippo, you know, he finally realized what we need to do to win the game. We need to get out on the shotgun and throw the ball first down and get the ball to Cook, get the ball to Diggs, your high receiver, and throw the ball to Thielen, tie the game up, get back in the game, tie it up 14-14, Take care of business defensively. Win the game, not win big. Win at home, but win ugly. <laughs> and that's all I have to say, guys. It's about winning ugly. And we get the mic drop. I the think he was there too. I think when he realized, I think. Jonathan, when Bob realized that you were playing the song, he tried to like turn it up even more. He like, tried to drown. Yeah, he tried to drown your tried, production. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. He actually succeeded there too. Uh, Dylan in Portland, you're on Vikings Vent Line. Hey man, it's my first time caller. I listen to you guys every single day at work. I mean every Sunday. So thank you so much for taking my call. I have a lot to say. Right on, man. First Thanks off, for calling I, in. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I just want to say, first off, we took care of the football. We had zero turnovers. That's huge. Yes. Anytime we take care of the football, I feel like we have a high chance of winning the game. We just make some stupid turnovers here or there that can cost us the game. When we take care of the ball, you know, everything was in – High-octane offense, you know. We didn't get a rushing touchdown, but we ran the ball 29 times. Kirk Cousins, you know, he, he spread the ball out. It was beautiful. Our defense stood up, and I, I we've, been, we've been getting a lot of, you know, sad calls the last few weeks, and that's kind of been putting me down because it's more like a support group than a vent line. Um, but this one, <laughs> I feel like it kind of puts us, you know, in that second tier um, type. Yeah, we are below the Rams, the Saints. Um, but I feel like if we can put everything together like we did tonight, I feel like we'll, we're going to do okay just because, you know, how Kirk Cousins was spreading the ball. We got rid of the ball quick, so there was no, you know, quick rushes on the quarterback. He took a few sacks. But, you know, for the most part, I, I feel like we did a great job, and I, I think we're going to be okay going to the playoffs, baby. Yeah, Dylan, thanks for the phone call. Keep calling back on Ventline here. Uh, 651-646-8255. Let's keep it rolling here. Mike in Burnsville, you're up next, Mike. Huge win because it affords you your loss at New England that you're going to have next week and your probable loss in Seattle. I'm not going to say for sure on that one, but probable loss because you got Miami at home, Detroit on the road, and then the Bears who probably aren't going to have anything to play for because I, I don't think we're going to catch them for the division. So that could be huge, the fact that they won't have much to play for to get us into the playoffs. And the other thing is, Using the player for the limbo has to be a top five celebration of all time. It's pretty good. So, okay, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> I'm glad Mike brought that up. Does it make it a little bit less of a cool celebration that they took it from a CFL team? It, it, this celebration was done at some point. Was it Calgary? A CFL team did this last year, mm-hmm. and it was all over uh, highlight reels. Not to mention... I don't even know if it was the best celebration of the day. I tweeted out if you want to just if you want to see this if you haven't yet it's uh, just go to at Phil Mackey uh, my Twitter account. The Seattle Seahawks scored a touchdown today and reenacted the Allen Iverson 
fadeaway shot and step over Teron Liu in the NBA uh-huh. Finals from 2000. And that's pretty awesome. That's pretty creative. I don't think yes. that's been done in the CFL before. That one, that one is the best celebration of the year for me. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty fantastic because, <laughs> like, the limbo thing was great. Like, it was I think a great it was, celebration. It was yes. great, and it was put together very well. They executed it very well. But I think the the sheer randomness of what the Seahawks did today was like. I mean, you pulled that randomly out of an archive from almost two decades ago yeah. from a completely different sport. And then when everybody saw it, it was like, yep, I know what that's from. Yes. I know exactly what that's from. That's what made it brilliant for me. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, not to take anything away, the limbo celebration is uh, it's pretty clever in itself. And the Vikings, as a team, I think Vikings and Seahawks kind of go back and forth week to week with Creative celebrations. The most clever guy on the team is probably Adam Thielen. Really, he's the he's so he's not very yeah, athletic, very, but he's clever. Very clever. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, full phone lines again. When callers come in and then uh, drop out, the number is six five one six four six eight two five five. And because I've got your back, Jonathan, you're listening to AM fifteen hundred KSTP Minneapolis St Paul. It's fifteen hundred ESPN Twin Cities. Manny Hill, Phil Mackey here across multiple platforms, radio. Live audio stream on 1500ESPN.com and the 1500ESPN mobile app. If you want to watch our ugly faces, too, we're hanging out on YouTube and Periscope and Facebook Live. Who's been on hold the longest here? Eric and Bismarck. What's up, Eric? Hey, hey guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think the story that's getting buried here is uh, the underdog that is Adam Thielen. I mean, for a guy who's really not that athletic and just clever, it's amazing that he has nine games of over 100 yards. I mean, realistically, guys, this guy is just so much fun to watch. His catch radius is so huge. He catches in traffic. I I can't say anything more about his heart and his tenacity. He's He's really like the identity of this team. I do have a question for you guys, though, and this is just a question on depth and just to see if there's anything that can be tweaked on the offensive line. At right guard, is there anything that the Vikings can put in in place of Mike Remmers to maybe sustain a little bit more of a running game or get a little bit more of a push there or you know, eliminate some of those embarrassing plays like the one at the end of the game where Mike Remmers just, like, patted the guy on the back as, <laughs> as he went through. I mean, is there anything in the depth chart that would allow for, I don't know, just, just like, an alternative? I mean, I don't mean no. to be flippant, but obviously no. if they had something better than Mike Remmers or, you know, pick your offensive lineman, then they would... They would experiment with that. Well, so. here's the here's the dilemma that they're in now. Brian O'Neill was drafted in the second round, and he was drafted as a project right tackle that wasn't ready to play yet. But now he was sort of put into a situation where he had to play because, you know, Rashad Hill, you know, Riley Reef. It was like a domino effect. Riley Reef gets hurt, and then Rashad Hill has to move from right tackle over to left tackle. And then Brian O'Neill came in and actually did okay. And so it was just kind of like, oh, well, we'll just leave him in there at right tackle. But really, Mike Remmer should be playing right tackle. The problem is you don't really have anybody to put in at right guard. Mike Remmers right now, even though he's not really a very good right guard, is your best option yeah. at right guard. 
even though he should be playing right tackle. And right now, I mean, Brian O'Neill's actually doing okay, save for against, like, the elite pass rushers in the league, like Cam Jordan and things like that. So it's kind of, you kind of look at it where with Brian O'Neill, it's like, well, you can't really take him out because he's actually progressing nicely and doing okay. So that's kind of why they're in the situation that they're in right now on the line. Uh, Matt, in the comment section here on Periscope, says, Manny, my girlfriend thinks your voice sounds like hot butter. I'll take that as a That's compliment. Matt's girlfriend is chiming in. Uh, thinks Matt thinks a, Manny's voice sounds like Matt's hot girlfriend. butter. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> take your call off the air. 651-646-8255. <laughs> Sean in, in, in uh, Invergrove Heights. Sean in Invergrove Heights. Say that five hey, times guys, fast. Hey, Sean, doing, what's man? going on? Uh, I'm, you know, hey, how about this weekend, though, guys? We go 2-0 Wolves. Wild win a wild Winnipeg game. And, uh, I mean, I know, listen... The Vikings have won, I think it's been 23 months since the last time the Packers have won. Let's talk about the important things. Gophers got that axe back. And, Phil, I love seeing you at Nadine's tailgate, uh, you know, every now and then and us having our fun. And that's really what matters this week, and I feel like. But getting more into, I guess, the Vikings, we can bring that up. Um, yeah, well, Sean, hold on. This, is, have- this has been, real quick to your point, Sean, this has been, I mean, Put this in a bottle because when when's the last time Minnesota football fans can feel this great on a Monday talking with their Wisconsin football fan friends, coworkers, family members? This does not happen. That state has a stranglehold over us in football for the most part. Yeah. So relish this at work or at family gatherings over the next few weeks, Minnesota sports fans. It literally it never happens. I'm texting people at 10:30 right now, and they're already telling me to shut up. So it's, it's a great <laughs> weekend, and we got to enjoy it. Yeah, um, I guess the only thing I got to say, and enjoying it, but let's do a good old uh, trade cut, or I guess release, and uh, keep. You got Sheldon Richardson, Trey Waynes, and Anthony Barr here. I think they all played well, but Richardson tonight was an absolute beast. You got a real tough decision coming up here between. You know, who you're going to extend between bar him, and then, you know, you got Waynes on his fifth-year option next year. But you got a lot of decisions to make here. But uh, it was a great, great weekend. Uh, listening, long-time, uh, long-time caller, first-time listener. But, uh, Manny, I just got to say your performance tonight, you're a plus four, uh, but you got one rebound and one assist. We need more from you tonight, all right? Have a good night, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Appreciate <laughs> what it. Am I, what am I, Andrew Wiggins? Uh, well, if you were Andrew Wiggins, you would open your mic 15 times and whiff on all your takes, <laughs> just like he did last night. Chad in Colorado, you're on Vikings Vent Line with Mackie and Manny. Good evening, gentlemen. You know, in my mind, that was a mediocre win against a mediocre team. What a difference turnovers make, eh, Mr. Cousins? What do you guys think? But, uh, you know, this is Vent Line, you know, and... Uh, you know, I'm here to vent about with some mistakes that have been grinding my gears for a long, long time for many years. Is that okay with you guys? Fire away, Chad. All right. You know what? I teach my kids that it's okay to make mistakes, but only if they learn to them. Tonight, I'm here to make a case to get rid of and dump Rick Spillman as GM for his lack of focus on this offensive line. In September 2016, Connor Orr quoted Rick Spillman on the Sam Bradford trade, where Spielman said to quote, one thing that I will not do, and I promise you this, is put our organization in a situation where it's going to hibbus us or hurt us going into the future. 
Well, Spillman, you bet on the Sam on Sam Bradford in 2016 and and wasted our 27 2017 first round pick and gave away our second round pick as well. You failed to learn from our 2016 offensive line problems and then drafted only Elf Line in the third round of 2017. In 2018, you rode the coattails of Mike Zimmer's defense and got GM of the year, then pats himself on the back for betting on the Vikings' future. In 2018 now, he bets the farm on kissing cousins and Breeds an idiot quarterback. He takes a kicker in the fifth round where true value could have been found again. Wrong answer, Mr. Spillman. What's next? After the end of this year when we barely make the playoffs, you're going to copy the 1989 Vikings leadership decision to trade our entire defense to Dallas for their top running back, Ezekiel Elliott? You know, you won tonight, Vikes, but Spielman has to pay for this team's consistent mediocrity. Spielman has gotten very lucky. No skill, very lucky, with late draft picks, but his luck is going to run out. I would like to see a return of my fan investment as a Viking Super Bowl in my lifetime. Will family, please, I beg you, remove the systemic problem before he does some real damage. Replace him with, like, maybe a GM for Mike Shanahan or maybe offer Belichick the offer. If you guys could pick your GM for next year, if we could get rid of Spielman, who would you pick? Thanks a lot. I appreciate the time, gentlemen. Oh, Chad in Colorado. On fire. Uh, that was well prepped. That was well prepped. Yes, I was. just made some notes here. Can I say, I just, there's like 10 things to address there. Mm-hmm. I actually thought Sam Bradford was awesome in the 16 games he played for the Vikings. I mean, that offense. Wasn't line, he? I mean, he was playing that pretty awesome. Line was, let's, let's remember, that offensive line at TJ Clemmings on it. Playing well, but that right plays to Chad's and point. left tackle at one point. Like, that plays to Chad's point, though. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's a little aggressive to suggest that you uh, attempt to lure Bill Belichick as your new general manager. I'm not sure how that's, that negotiation that's, that's, would go with Robert not, Kraft. That's not going to happen, no. The irony is, if you wanted to make that happen, you'd have to trade all of your first-round draft picks from now until the end of time, really, if you wanted to lure Bill Belichick from... Well, maybe not. I don't know. Him and Robert Kraft had a falling out behind the scenes last year, so maybe it'd only be like 10 first-round draft picks to trade for Bill Belichick. Yeah, um, I will say that I, I do think that Rick Spielman has done a very, very poor job of building an offensive line over the years. And, I mean, he's done a pretty good job in other spots. I mean, he's, especially on defense, and, you know, obviously Zimmer being a defensive coach has developed a lot of these guys pretty well. And, um, you know, Xavier Rhodes has been a good player and Harrison Smith is fantastic and Kendricks and obviously, um, you know, bringing in Sheldon Richardson on a pretty good deal going in Linval Joseph. But you look at the offensive line is an issue and it has been an issue. And you look at drafting wide receivers in the first round. That has been problematic. Um Matt Khalil, I mean, Matt Khalil was like his first draft pick, right? Spielman's first draft pick as as the GM, right? And he whiffed on Matt Khalil, and Matt Khalil was supposed to be the left tackle that, like, you that was supposed to be, don't have to worry about that position for a decade plus. And even fast forward now to 2018, that's supposed to be a position that you shouldn't have had to go out to get Riley Reef. So then you could maybe spend spend the money you got Riley Reef for on an interior lineman yeah. that might be helping you right now if you had just not whiffed on Matt Khalil. So yeah, 
That was I, I, I. Hey, if he wants to call in with like, you know, if he wants to prep all week like that and call in Chad in Colorado, it. I think we need to maybe carve some time for Chad in Colorado to come in and co-host the show. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Let's go to Ohio Stoneman in Ohio. Hey guys, greeting from Massillon, Ohio. What's up? Home of the Tigers, playing for a 25th state championship this weekend. I'm oh. sorry, I pop in there, um, but thanks for taking my call. A uh, couple things, guys. Um, uh, on the positive end, Kirk Cousins did not make that. Oh my gosh, you screwed up play this week. Really, um, it was nice to see that. Um, Dalvin Cook got the ball in space a little bit more. A um, couple things now to listen to the callers. Um, I, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook should split carries. I think Latavius Murray is great at just grinding out and wearing out defenses, you know, and trying to win games in the third and fourth quarter. Um, another positive, I thought our D line actually wore out their O line. Now I know they got a little beat up up front, but you don't see that very much in football. You know, usually you see the O line wearing out the O line, or the O line wearing out the D line. Um, I, I guess a couple of concerns, and I got a stat for you too. Um, a little, really disappointed to start the game, especially for the offense. Two, three, and outs. Um, the fourth and one when they had 12 guys in the field, I was beating my head. Just reminded me of the Saints playoff game. Um, really a disappointment. Um, also, guys, I, I don't know if you guys know this uh, stat. In, in our six wins, when we outrush the opponent, uh, we're five and one. And the only loss or the only one that the team that we lost to is against the Eagles, and they all rushed us by four yards. So I, I'm, I'm hoping down uh, in the future that's the solution for us. I know our running game isn't great, but just enough, you know, to keep other teams' offenses off the field and win us football games. Um, curious to hear your thoughts. Hey, thanks for taking my call again. I love the show. Hey, Stoneman, we love when you call in. Thank you. Uh, the the not to pour cold water on that last point here, but I, I guess I'm going to pour cold water on that last point. That rushing stat is super deceiving. If you just look at uh, a team's win-loss record when they outrush their opponent, well, that's because usually when you're ahead in the second half in the you're fourth quarter, the yeah, you're running the ball more. I mean, the Vikings, the Packers ran the ball better than the Vikings did in this game, but the Vikings had more yards because they ran more often as they were trying to grind clock in the second half. The Vikings had 91 rush yards to the Packers' 82 but the Packers only needed 19 rushes to get those 82 yards. The Vikings needed 29. So the Vikings were... But then again, like there are other people. Sage Rosenfels is a regular on our station and on our show and Purple Podcast, and he'll tell you it's not always about how effective you are running the ball. It's about showing the defense something that they have to prepare for and that they have to be mindful of so that you can open up other things, play actions or screen passes or whatever it may be. And so... Running the ball 29 times, even at only a three yards per carry clip, it might not seem on paper like grinding for three yards a carry is an effective strategy, but if it opens up other avenues to gain 15 yards over here on a pass play or 50 yards over here on a pass play, mm-hmm. then you should be running the ball more often. And you and you saw, and they, you know they ended up not getting any points, but you, you saw the Vikings... Late in the fourth quarter, they were running the football and picking up some first downs here and there and chewing up clock, keeping Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. And it, it, it was effective. It, that's, I mean, 
more than anything, it's it's just about being effective with the running game. You don't have to pop off 25-yard runs all the time. It's just being effective and securing the football, taking care of the football. And listen, Kirk Cousins, we've been talking about this for weeks too, Phil. Kirk Cousins is one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the NFL. Yet this team does not do a whole lot of play action. I I would love to look back at the film of this game to see how much play action he actually did tonight, but he's effective in play action. So when you're running the football and then you have a quarterback who's really good in play action, that can only help your offense. It just I just wish John DeFilippo would utilize that that aspect of the uh, of the offense better. Uh, Adam Thielen. So he he went off again for over 100 yards, eight catches for 125 yards, and what, so what, how many uh, the Vikings are now at six, four, and one? So they have what? They have five games left. Mm-hmm. What's my math? Five games left. Yep. So these numbers are with five games left in the season. Adam Thielen is up to 93 catches and 1,038, 1,138 yards. If 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 those are your season-ending numbers, those are ridiculous. And mm-hmm. he still has a third of the way to go. Uh, he's definitely on pace for over 1,500 in that passing game. Let's do this here. Um, we have uh, full phone lines right now, and we're going to have a special guest. Pat from Golden Valley is going to chime in when we come back here. That's right. Pat from Golden Valley was tweeting during the game. Yes. So we'll get to him. Kyle, Dan, Nick, Colin. Uh, Mark in Minneapolis, and when callers drop off, 651-646-8255. You can also drop comments in our live video streams on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. But, uh, Manny, I know you have a couple things to say about Lucky's 13 pubs. I sure do. You know what? Lucky's 13, they have you covered uh, for the best game day experience um, all football season. They've got tons of TVs, those fantastic appetizers, the half-pound burgers, handcrafted sandwiches, They've got a wide variety of pub favorites. That drink menu is fantastic, too. They have a huge selection of tap beer, handcrafted cocktails, some of the best Bloody Marys in town. You can try the Bacon Bloody, the Jalapeno Bloody, the Mother Mary. Uh, You can grab a flight. You can sample them all. Uh, And and Lucky's, I'll tell you what, they celebrate Sunday Fun Day, where it's happy hour all day long on Sunday, every Sunday. Uh, Events and prize giveaways during football games, too. Lucky's, uh, they have locations in Bloomington, Burnsville, Mendota, Plymouth, and Roseville. If you're having people over for the game, you can call ahead to Lucky's, order some of those fantastic apps, and uh, they'll be ready to pick up when you get there. Find them online at Lucky's13Pub.com, Lucky's13Pub.com. The show solely devoted to your reaction on the game. Vikings Ventline now continues... But this now gives Zimmer a chance to dial up, knowing what they're going to do with their protection. Third and 13. Rodgers, pressure. Down he goes at the 12-yard line. Big-time pressure put on. You can almost smell it with the changes up front. Rodgers, under pressure, spun down. Richardson again, his second sack. Second down and one. Rodgers under pressure, gets sacked again at the 34-yard line. Everson Griffin went to work on Spriggs that time with a sack. Yeah, Vikings win. They beat the Packers and probably send the Packers packing. You might say, Manny, the Packers season is in limbo after what happened tonight. (laughs) Well played, well played. By the way, 
the last time this is from Brad Carlson sent uh, sent this to us on Twitter. The last time the Vikings and Gophers beat uh, their Wisconsin counterparts on the same weekend or week, uh, nineteen ninety four, which was wow. also the last time the Gophers won at Camp Randall. Yikes! Um, and uh, the Vikings beat the Packers on a Thursday night, October twentieth, nineteen ninety four. And uh, the Gophers beat the Badgers two days later on October 22nd at Camp Randall in 1994. Yikes. So. You know what? So I, f- I feel like we're almost on behalf of Packer fans. We're sitting here looking at looking at your team and looking at Mike McCarthy and saying, what what is happening? You, you get Aaron Rodgers. Why do you why is it always a grind every year with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? And I'm just going through some of the YouTube comments here. YouTube.com slash 1500 ESPN Twin Cities. And Johan says, "What if Green Bay had gotten Khalil Mack?" And if I'm a Packers fan, I'm looking. I mean, think about this: the Vikings have actually done a lot of aggressive things when they think they have a chance to win, even if it's misguided. Go trade first round picks for Jared Allen. Go pay a million dollars a game for potentially washed up Brett Favre. Uh, go trade a first round pick for Sam Bradford when you think your defense is ready. I mean, the Vikings make aggressive, splashy moves in free agency and via trade. And the Packers have done some things like go get Jimmy Graham, who's four years past his peak. And they went and got but, Charles Woodson too, who was really good for them. But that's back like in the day, 15 but, years ago now, right? Or well, 10 years ago, ten, about 10 years ago. Yeah. And if you're the Packers, when Khalil Mack becomes available, okay, the, the bears were, if you were to put the bears next to the Packers and say, who's got a better chance to win a Super Bowl the next five years, would anyone have debated? Well, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. So why are the Packers not doing things to land players who are available like Khalil Mack? So these are rhetorical questions, and, and it's the type of stuff that's going to lead to Mike McCarthy getting fired here, maybe before the end of the year. I thought, weren't the Packers in the... Didn't the Packers have some preliminary conversations with the Raiders about Khalil Mack? And yeah, the Bears the, ended but, up pushing harder and upping the ante on it a little bit, and that's yeah. how they ended up getting him. I thought the Packers were in... I thought I saw something about the Packers being in discussions for it, but it just yeah, there never, were definitely, never materialized. Definitely reports to uh, to that end, but he's on the Bears. Yeah. And the Bears are in first place in the yeah. division. Yeah. Uh, so we're reading your comments on YouTube.com slash 1500 ESPN Twin Cities, on Twitter slash Periscope, and uh, thanks to those of you listening on the radio and on the, uh, the, the, the mobile app, the website, uh, live.1500ESPN.com. We're going to get to Kyle, we're going to get to Dan, going to get to Nick and uh, Colin and Mark. But first, Pat and Golden Valley. Pat and Golden Valley, and I want to ask you a question. How did you know I was going to be in the car listening when you supported Zim's idiotic idea of not kicking the field goal? That uh, You just did that because you knew it was going to agitate me, didn't you? Well, no. So you've heard my theory and Chris Long's theory before, right? About if you have a chance to go from a three-point lead to a six-point lead by kicking a field goal, or in this case, a 10-point lead to a 13-point lead, you're better off just going for it if it's short yardage because you're not really changing the game that much. Plus, it probably gives Aaron Rodgers more incentive on that second drive to actually score a touchdown to beat you rather than settling for a field goal. So I liked it. I would have gone for it too. It didn't work. Here's the problem. Uh, To beat the Vikings in the last five minutes, he would have had to go 70 yards twice, right? 70 yards twice. 
twice. Is that can we agree? Thirty yard line, let's say. And if you don't, if you kick the field goal, he's got to get it all the way down to that end zone, way down there at the end, way down at the end, the end zone. If you don't kick the field goal. Then all he's got to do is get to maybe the indoors, beautiful day, strong-legged kicker. Got to get him to it's got to get him to about the 37. So he's got to go 33 yards, kick a field goal, and take it overtime. I think it's idiotic. But if you gain, if you gain three yards, wasn't deep thinking. He was pouting because the guy who missed a couple of field goals, and he's. Uh, He's an immature 62-year-old, and as I said on Twitter, I know because I'm an immature 73-year-old. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but in all of those, like, I'm not even, I'm not going to die on this hill. I'm not oh, going to, no, but, but if you get three yards in a game in which you've already gained 450 yards, if you get three yards, the game is over. So that you're, is true. That is true. And uh, but the fact of the matter is, it was over either way. So take the field goal and don't give them a chance to kick a long. They're not going to get to the end zone twice with a with their best offensive lineman sitting over there on the bench. Uh, you know, trying to decide which injuries they had and everything else. They're not going to drive the length of the field twice. Uh, you know, take the field goal. That's my uh, that's my theory. Anyway. What, what do you make it? We're going through our, our guy, uh, the big unit, Bill Michaels, who hosts our favorite green and gold post game show on the fan in Milwaukee. And yes, we will be rocking some Packer vent line on our show tomorrow. Uh, he's leading the uh, the charge among Packer fans of this anti Aaron Rodgers club. That Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is a shell of his former self. And well, I do believe that he hasn't been 100% healthy, and he missed a couple of throws today. But, uh, uh, my God, that I, I am shocked that the Vikings didn't beat them by four touchdowns tonight. Uh, they, they have nobody on their, in their secondary left. They got, they got a bunch of guys, kids off the street who haven't played in their secondary. They don't have Mike Daniels, who's their dominant inside player. Uh, they, you know, why didn't the Vikings score 40 points? What the hell was wrong with them? They should have moved the ball all day long. Cousins, until getting sacked a couple times in the fourth quarter, there was nobody near him. And uh, Michaels and Collinsworth kept saying, well, he's a completely different guy than he was last week. Well, no kidding. He, his life was in danger against the Bears. <laughs> and he could have been a guy waiting for a bus tonight, for goodness sakes. I mean, come on. But, but do you agree with Chris Collinsworth that Adam Thielen, although not athletic, is one of the most clever wide receivers in the NFL? I, I think I would agree with that. That, uh, that catch he made was a phenomenal. It was a very sure. clever grab, I thought. Yeah, that was a very clever grab. But they, Kirk uh, Cousins, did you hear later, Pat, that uh, Kirk Cousins is – now Collinsworth was talking about Cousins, and he said – Cousins is an athlete because he's moving around in the pocket. Yeah, he yeah, is he an athlete. It's times. like, okay. Yeah, yeah. all right. Well, uh, I mean, how could you these, – these guys watched both – they did both games on Sunday night. These two games had nothing to do with each other. The Bears were monsters. And I don't think the Vikings played any better tonight than they did in Chicago. I think it's just who they were playing. That's – you know, I I thought offensively – they really left a lot out there. I know they missed a what a forty-eight yarder and a fifty-six yarder, and Zim's 
telling uh, Tafoya at halftime he's not he's not going to kick anymore. Grow up, Zim. By the this. way, the kicker you ran out of there after two days hasn't hasn't missed since he got to Oakland. <laughs> he was special teams player of the week yeah, last week. Daniel Carlson, yeah, put that on his mantle, yeah. That was, uh, it was, uh, I, I don't know. I, they made it, don't you, don't you think they made it a lot harder? I mean, the defense, the, the Packers did nothing, uh, after the, after they got the two quick touchdowns. And, uh, I, I, I thought it should have been a lot easier than it was. See, the problem for the Vikings is it's, it's pretty rare that you have a schedule that sort of tells your entire story of your season and you can, ju- you can draw a line right across their wins and losses, except for the Buffalo loss. Yeah. Even Buffalo has four wins now, but you can draw a line right across their wins and losses, and they are exactly who they should be based on they're not as good as the Bears, they're not as good as the Saints, not as good as the Rams, and they're, you know, they'll, somewhat uh, better than the Packers. They'll win one of the next two. They'll either win at, at New England or Seattle. And that gets them in. Seattle. That gets them into the playoffs. Them both, though. Yeah. Uh, you, you, and, uh, you and Judd are cracking the mic tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to try a podcast now. We need a little uh, help here from the program director because uh, we've had some suggestions for the titles. Uh, Ricey and Judd Unchained, and uh, then with somebody else said Ricey and Judd Unshackled, and then somebody <laughs> else said Ricey and uh, Judd Unhinged, which could be another. <laughs> so we got like three fo- what foaming at the mouth with sports takes or what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I, I don't know what, uh, anyway, we're trying to... Uh, Better than unclothed, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're not, there'll be none of that. There'll be none of that. Yeah, well, they're, uh, you know, they obviously would have been in big trouble and they managed to lose to the Packers, but, uh, you know, does Mike McCarthy look bigger than ever? I think he's eating his frustrations, don't you? He's been eating his feelings, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he looks like he's up to about 290, I don't know, he doesn't... He doesn't look. They did some. I agree with you guys. I heard you talking about it. Okay, you got to go fourth and a foot. Don't be afraid to run off tackle. You know. Yeah. Instead, instead of try to run over Linball Joseph, for goodness sakes, what the hell? God, they're they uh, they they have been very uncreative uh, for about three years here now. So. And Rogers too, Pat, just looks like he's just done with all of this. Like he's going to keep playing. He's not going to quit. But he just. You yeah, can just he, look at his face. He's just he, he's just sick of all of this. You can just tell. Yeah, I think I think his day was ruined almost immediately when he threw a very nice pass to Devontae Adams, who decided to step out of bounds before he caught it. <laughs> before it got there. Did you see the look on his face on that one? Yeah, he's he uh, like, oh god, this again. He's got the Peter from Office Space look on where, his face. Uh, where do we got Cousins now? I had him top ten. And I'm now saying top fifteen. Well, the, I've moved him down. I, yeah, the I, problem is uh, Jared Goff probably jumped him this year, and Pat Mahomes jumped him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So he's, I, I don't know. He's just he's not quite as good as I thought he was. I thought he was a little better than this, even though the numbers are pretty good. And tonight's numbers were great. He's a front runner. He's a front runner when things yeah. are going well, and when the when you're playing at home and feeling good. But mm-hmm. I don't know. He, he's had a couple nice fourth quarters, you know, against the Rams, and when they came back and tied the Packers, but. Yeah, you're not. I don't think he's going to be the reason why you win three playoff games. If that happens, it's going to have to be defense well, and other things. And Pat too, he changed the uh, he changed his pregame speech last week. It was the reason why this game is on prime time is because of us. Tonight it was, well, we're not going to be perfect. 
We're not going to be perfect, but just we just have to play together. That was that was the message tonight to the uh, to the troops from Cousins. I was tonight. watching the Grey Cup because uh, I always watch the Grey Cup because I think it's it's funny that the way they try to turn it into the Super Bowl, if <laughs> they're all up there freezing to death. <laughs> you know, why aren't you calling into Grey Cup vent line right now? And. and uh, so I gripe line, great cup so gripe I, line, I guess. Flip, flip over at halftime, and there's the first thing I hear is cousins shouting at the team, "Come on, let's go out and get it!" And you can hear, you can almost feel the vibe through the TV of everybody saying, "Oh, shut up and let's go play." <laughs> <I know. laughs> you know? Yeah, we're not taking you, you. You just collect your twenty-eight million and don't fumble, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think anyway. his, his pregame speeches have definitely uh, jumped the shark at this point. He's yeah. Okay, hey uh, everybody, uh, listen to Ricey and Judd uh, unclothed or whatever it is. Maybe I won't. <laughs> Bye, Pat. <laughs> oh man, uh, but that's just to explain. So Pat and Judd are going to do a weekly podcast. Eventually, this thing will make its way to the radio too, but. You'll be able to find it wherever you find the Mackie and Judd show on demand, 1500ESPN.com, the mobile app, or anywhere you subscribe, Apple. That's where you'll be able to find Judd and Roycey on a weekly basis. Too. And hopefully not. It, hopefully it's not unclothed. I really hope there's clothes on for that one. Yeah. I'll be the one. Yeah, does anyone? It. I don't want I think it. for everyone's sake. Does anyone sake. want it to be unclothed? I, I don't know. I, don't, I think for everybody's sake, we need them to have <clears> clothes on. Uh, real quick, Lucky's 13 Pubs is uh, what keeps us talking into microphones here on Vikings Ventline. Uh, Lucky's 13 has five metro locations, and you can find out more about them on Lucky's13Pub.com. Best apps, best game day experience. Every Sunday, it's Sunday Fun Day. Let's buzz through a few more phone calls here. I know uh, Colin in New Orleans has been on hold for quite a while, so go ahead. You're on Vikings Vent Line, Colin. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, two quick thoughts and then a question. First of all, Phil, I love the U of M shirt. Row the boat. It was my 21st birthday yesterday, and it was a great birthday present. Wow. Second, second thought, uh, I can't wait to listen uh, to the show tomorrow and listen to some Packer Vent Line calls. Those will be good as gold. And then just the question, I know the uh, Patrick stole my point about Zimmer telling Tafoya, hey, if, if we're in the red zone, I'm not kicking anymore. What do you guys think of that? Because I don't think anything positive can really come from that, especially since Dan Bailey is a veteran kicker, so to speak. I'll hang up and listen. Well, happy, go for grow the ball. Yes, happy birthday. And uh, I would say Mike Zimmer is a liar because the first chance he had to make that decision, he kicked a field goal mm-hmm. in the second half, right? They yeah. came on, they went up 17 to 14. So, yeah. And as we saw too, Dan Bailey's fine. I mean, he, he missed a 48 yarder, which is a bit of an eyebrow raiser, but the 56 yarder, I mean, those are hard to make. And it, he had actually made the one that he kicked before that, that was negated by, Rashad Hill moving early on the on the offensive line. So I think Dan Bailey is going to be fine. I mean, kickers are who they are, and they're always going to be nerve-wracking. So Yeah, 651-646-8255. Let's go to a Mark in Minneapolis. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Good. What's up? Good. You know what? I This was so entertaining. First of all, your show, and then well, what happened earlier, but like I love the fact that I got to listen to Patrick Royce because uh, – 
He came and uh, visited my classroom back in 1995 or 1996. Oh, yeah? In Burnsville, Minnesota, and he talked about how to do for uh, just like just media, you know what I'm saying? And he, it, was, it was so good back then. But it was. Well, really well, right do you remember what were his main uh, tips? Were they you know be a contrarian at every corner, uh, <laughs> irritate and agitate as many people? He's the original troll guy, right? I don't I think know, anyone exactly. And the thing about it is, that it was so entertaining because, like, he just tell it. He he always talks how it is, and he doesn't. He's never not himself, you know. And he just was like, as like, you know what? This is how it is, you know. And like, you know, blah blah blah. Like it was, but it was literally like it's like. Wow, this guy's just real, you know. So that's why I love Patrick. He is, yeah. He's, uh, he's the best. He's awesome. Yes, he's yeah. and he's been a huge influence on both me and Manny throughout our time here the last yeah. five or but ten that years. That was like seriously. I, I would say like 1995 or 1996 in Burnsville High School. Okay, and so he came out there and he probably didn't. He was like, ah, oh, sure, I'll go do that. You know, <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. Um, but. Other takeaway is that first of all, that guy from Colorado that just like was like he was like he was completely he was ready, man. He had like ten points to say and all the. First of all, I thought I was uh, listening to a Packer event line because like you know we won the game. We're it was it was a great game, you know. And then second of all was that he was I. I so you guys you guys go to the state fair. Oh yeah, I mean we're oh, pretty yeah. much there every day, breathing so my, breathing in the of, state fair air for two weeks. One of my favorite things is to go to the uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it the bandstand for the uh, karaoke state fair. Is that the Lineys? Yeah, the Liney yeah, stage. Yeah. yeah. So he reminded me of a guy that was prepared all year to go. Like this is his big stage to do the state fair karaoke thing. And it's, it's amazing. I tell all the people from all town, you got to go to the state fair uh, band, like the karaoke, because it's amazing. But we'll go back to that. The other thing is this. Thing. I thought it was a great game. I thought, I'm, I'm trying to get to my point. I'm, I thought it was a great game. I do think that it's very interesting to see how we're, I don't think that we're going to ever put together a full game. I'm not trying to be like a Packer event line, but I think that, it was a good game. I think that people need to stop thinking about the negatives and go to the positives. Positives, okay. And I think that it was a it was a good game. And I think that um, I think that it's not going to like. I'm trying to see where everything is going to be a com- complete game. You guys agree or not? Yeah, Mark. Thank you for the phone call, and uh, thank you for your enthusiasm. I mean, it's it's hard because I thought they played really well tonight. But like I told you 45 minutes ago, Manny, when we mm-hmm. started the show or an hour ago, I don't think their best punch staggers the New Orleans Saints. I think they enough. need they need the Saints to slip and they they need they need a lucky punch to beat the Saints. I don't think they, they can beat the Saints with their best punch, especially down there in that dome, in that building, in that yeah. environment with that crowd and that atmosphere. With this offensive line, um, yeah, I, I just, I think the Vikings are a good team. I think they're a playoff team. I think they will make the playoffs. Not sure on the division, but I think they'll be one of the wild card teams. But it's it's going to be, I mean, and listen, if they are a wild card team, they're not getting any more home games. Their first that first playoff game, wild card weekend is going to be on the road, whether it's at Chicago or whoever wins the NFC East, 
depending on where they finish. So, I mean, it it's the, the losses that they've had and the fact that they haven't been able to beat a team with, with a winning record so far this year is why they're sitting where they're at right now, where they're in the playoff mix. But being at the level of the Saints and the Rams is just they're they're just they're just short of that right now. We got time for a few more calls here on Vikings event line. Manny Hill, Phil Mackey, and uh, Jonathan Harrison behind the scenes taking your phone calls. Kyle and Eden Prairie. Hey Kyle. Hey guys. Ah, uh, sorry, I'm a little horse here. A lot of schooling tonight. That was a fun game. So much good. Um, well, you weren't you weren't the guy who uh, that video that was going around that choked a Packers fan tonight at US Bank Stadium, were you? I mean, I choked uh, like a ten-year-old kid. I hope that wasn't on TV. Oh, that's about that. Yeah, but that kid was being a a jerk. But anyway, to to my (laughs) point, um, I wanted I wanted to uh, to actually praise the coaching and some of the play calling tonight. Um, You know, we usually rip on it, but I thought DiFilippo's play calls were really nice. I mean, a lot of interesting formations, some jet sweeps to uh, Delvin for some good yards. That that first touchdown to Delvin was just beautiful. That whole design. Um, so I love that. And I thought the coaches were smart. They said, like, at the end of the first half, don't give it back to Aaron Rodgers. The whole goal was don't let Aaron Rodgers come back and beat us. That's why you go for it on fourth and two. That was just really good strategy, I thought, overall. So, yeah, they, they did some dumb stuff, but I think big picture was pretty good. And let's give Spielman some credit. This, this is a top maybe eight um, roster overall in the league. I mean, I don't know what Chad's smoking in Colorado, but like it's legal at least. Le- whatever he's smoking is legal now. At least we know that. <laughs> at least where I mean, he is, I'll give the, I'll give him that. But I mean, this this roster is good. Look, we lost our starting safety. Anthony Harris is playing unbelievably well at safety. You never hear his name called because he's doing so well, and he's a backup. And look at the Packers when they lose guys. It's like, oh, who are we throwing out there? Just answers. And we've got backups who are reasonable. I mean, Brian O'Neill's a contributor. Pat Elfline's pretty good. We've addressed the offensive line. It's still not great. But he's doing something. I, I think we need to give Spielman some credit. And I'm not usually this much of a homer, but come on now. This is a decent team, not as good as the Saints and the Rams. But the playoffs are weird. There's six more games or five more games. It's all calmed down. Like, yeah, we're, we're probably going to have to go and beat a good team on the road. But... Who knows? I mean, I think this is a playoff team, and, and they've got an okay chance. Yeah, that's a that's a good level-headed phone call from from mm-hmm. Kyle and Eden Prairie, and I think we all knew going in this year wasn't going to be nearly as easy easy in air quotes as last year's run because your schedule was tougher. You weren't guaranteed to be as healthy. You weren't guaranteed to have the same level of consistent defensive performance across the board. Um, I think what's unfortunate for the Vikings is you thought, oh, the Eagles are going to be another team. You know, you got to deal with them and, you know, deal with the Packers. As it turns out, the Packers and the Eagles have been two of the biggest buzzkills in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the Saints, instead of the Saints being demoralized from the way that they went out last year, they've gone another level further. You thought, yeah. oh, maybe the Sean McVay thing and Jared Goff, maybe that peaked last year and they're, you know, they're going to come back to earth. Nope, they've gone to another level. So you're you're sitting here and you've weathered the storm through 11 games, but you're looking at these behemoths and that defense. Chicago just lands one of the best defensive players yeah. of this era, just because John Gruden couldn't figure out how to coexist with him. So you got unlucky in that regard, and here you sit, and now you have to deal with it for the next month and a half. Yeah, and Chicago was one of those teams too that you look at that sort of has leapfrogged you. 
um, from where you were at a year ago, and the Vikings have sort of regressed as as a team overall because of injuries and the defense just not being quite as dominant across the board as they were a year ago, and you can't really rely on that being the case year in and year out. There's still a very good defense, but just certainly not as dominant as they were a year ago. And you've upgraded the quarterback position, but there's been, I mean, you've you've had to sort of deal with a little bit of uh, setback, so to speak, with with that position because it's it's a quarterback that's a little bit more turnover prone, and that's kind of hurt you this year. And kicking away a home game against Buffalo, which they didn't do last year, um, is is been the difference too. So it's going to be an uphill battle. I mean, they're going to get to the playoffs, I think, but it's going to be it's going to be a, an uphill battle to try and get back to where they were a year ago. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a couple more here from Dan and Cynic in San Antonio. But uh, just to answer a question in the YouTube chat, Mike asks, can these guys see the chat? Yes, we can see the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just we're bouncing back and forth between phone calls, each other. and uh, But yeah, throw, throw whether it's tonight or going forward, absolutely interact in the chat. And we'll do a better job, too, of jumping in there when we can, too. Dan and Woodbury, you're on Vikings Ventline. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yo, dude. Um, hey, I was wondering... What you guys think of uh, last week's quote from Zimmer that kind of has stuck with me about him talking about streamlining the play calling from DiFilippo. And I guess I kind of have the opposite approach or feeling, you know, especially watching some of those teams uh, that are lighting it up this year. Granted, they have some specific weapons that maybe we don't have, like a Cohen and a Hill, but I, I thought Pat Shermer just killed it last year. He had a lot of really creative play calling and DeFilippo, I feel like just all we do is throw it to Diggs and Thielen, which admittedly is not a bad idea when they're so amazing and Cousins has a pretty good arm, but we barely throw to Rudolph anymore. Uh, we, you know, I know Cook's been hurt, but Murray's a pretty good receiver. I just thought actually tonight we had more creative play calling. We got Cook in space. We threw to Rudolph over the middle, and I just think with that with our offensive line so porous, I just I'm sick of kind of sick and tired of seeing us, you know, you throw on first down if it's incomplete, then we run it on second and ten, and then it's third and nine every single time. And with our offensive line, I just think that's a recipe for disaster on the road. So, wondering what you guys think about that. Thank you. Well, to the to the main point there that Dan just made, when you watched that Monday night game a couple weeks ago between the Chiefs and and the Rams, or when you watch the Patriots operate, and I get that they have a Hall of Fame quarterback, but you're not thinking, man, those are really simple approaches to offense. You're thinking that is some complex stuff that they find ways to make look simple. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between making something look simplified and something actually being simplified. So I like that point about the Vikings offense. You're not just going to get up there in 2018 and run – you know, you're a Tecmo Super Bowl menu of plays. Let's keep it simple. Okay, well, g- good luck. Defenses are going to figure you out. So you have to be complex to some extent. I get what Mike Zimmer was saying, uh, but I guess that's let's, let's take one final call here, Manny, and then mm-hmm. we can wrap Vikings vent line. Cynic in San Antonio, you get the final word, man. Hey, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, we won't be a great team until we could do the small things well. Example, Kirk, he needs to be able to throw over the offensive line and the defensive line always and in every game. And one of the most important things I think we need 
basically to capitalize on turnovers and turn those turnovers into touchdowns. That's basically it. I just got a simple call. All right. Thanks, Cynic. Yeah. It would have helped last week, definitely, taking advantage of turnovers and when the other team, especially the other team's quarterback, gives you a gift of two bad interceptions and you can't really take advantage of it. I mean, that was di- that was the difference in the game last week. That's what cost them. So tonight, I mean, they didn't really force any turnovers because Rodgers just never turns the ball over. He's got one pick this year. So it, it was it didn't really apply tonight, but yeah, I mean that's that's how you win games. If teams give you a gift, you gotta find a way to 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 capitalize and to and to cash in. And the, this this Vikings offense hasn't always done that. And if you go on the road to New Orleans or Los Angeles and they start turning the ball over, which they don't do very often, you better cash in on it. Otherwise you're gonna be in trouble. Yep. Uh, that's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey, and if you ever miss any portion of Vikings Ventline, you're always welcome to find it on demand wherever you would find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, 1500ESPN.com, and the 1500ESPN mobile app. Those are great places to start. Lucky's 13 Pubs, thank you for powering this edition of Vikings Ventline. The schedule definitely continues to heat up with Tom Brady and Russell Wilson on the horizon. You also have the Bears in about a month from now, too. So we'll see. But this gives the Vikings at least a shot, and it keeps them in the mix. If they had lost this game, they would have dropped to eighth, a tie for eighth in the NFC. Instead, they win. Kirk Cousins puts up a phenomenal 300-plus yards passing and three touchdowns. For Jonathan Harrison, Manny Hill, I'm Phil Mackey. Thanks to all of you for consuming this uh, on all of our visual platforms, too, YouTube and Facebook and Periscope. We'll catch you tomorrow for Mackey and Judd, 3 to 6. Purple Podcast will be available later tonight. And uh, Vikings Vent Line right after the game is over next Sunday against the Patriots. See you guys. Quick flip out here to Dalvin Cook. He has some room. First down inside the 10. Touchdown. Nice looking drive for the Vikings here. Down by seven. Good protection again. Cousins fires wide open. Touchdown. Stephon Diggs. Latavius Murray is the running back. Take the hand. Cousins rolling. Chased by Matthews. Fires. There'll be a first down and more. And Thielen, can he get in? Yes. Touchdown. holiday whether you're making a baker's simple truth turkey for 40 or a murray's baked brie for two bakers has fast fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last bakers fresh for everyone free pickup on orders of 35 dollars or more restrictions may apply get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card bakers fresh for everyone